We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Flo, and this is my impression of a Hollywood acceptance speech. I'm so surprised! I had no idea! I'm not even prepared! Um, okay. <clears throat> I'd like to thank the progressive discounts that got me here. Safe driver, multi-car, paid in full, multi-policy. This is just such a big moment. And did I mention that I'm surprised? With all kinds of discounts, progressive helps you save. Oh, 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 and I want to thank my agent and all my discounts agents because we all have the same agent. Don't start the music! Progressive Casualty Insurance Company. Discounts not available in all states or situations. quite interesting. I um, started him in, on my EFSA team because I didn't have any other um, midfielders and I was furious about it and then of course he scored so we stoked about that but no pun intended. Yeah. But I, <laughs> I see what you did there. This is the Roto-Wire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Your host, Andrew Laird, Mike Gottlieb.
Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Game Week 33 edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. If this podcast seems shorter, it's because there are going to be fewer games this week. That's right. There's only seven games on the docket this week. I am joined on a beautiful day. It's almost a shame I have to do this podcast indoors. But joining me today is Andrew Laird, as usual. Thank you very much for being with us, Andrew. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm actually uh, enjoying this New York City weather in New York City with you, although not actually with you. But our internet connection is closer, and you're right. It's the it's a perfect New York City day. That's right. It's a perfect day. I I think you already went to Central Park today, but I would recommend all parks and recreation today. But uh, today, the recreation we're going to be talking about is Fantasy Premier League, as per usual. And this week, we are going to start off with the hot team, the hot fantasy property of the Premier League. That is Crystal Palace. I just want to float some numbers by you right now before we get started on them. But Yannick Velassi, in case you didn't know, was moved to the middle of the park, and he rewarded both uh, Alan Pardew and fantasy owners alike with three goals and an assist in one game to a man who can't score. Now, with that being said, he has also taken part of seven of the last 11 goals that Crystal Palace has scored. Now, with that being said, we go to our rankings this week, which are going to be posted shortly, if not by the time you listen to this podcast on rotowire.com slash soccer. Why was he not ranked as highly as I think he should be by you and Chris? I kind of viewed last weekend as a, a fluke that I don't I don't think he's going to score as much as he did. I, you know, that we we put plenty of interest into the fact that he was moved into this number 10 role and not a single one of those goals was really a result of playing in that position that he two of them were essentially you know ones that where he was all by himself and uh, another one easily could have been Murray's goal and Murray decided to pass it off to him so I I mean yes it was a tremendous output Uh, he came into the game with one goal in the season and I'm I'm not convinced that he has, you know, three more in him for the rest of the year, let alone three in one game. But I, I think we're giving him a little too much credit for the three goals as if the move to this number 10 role is all of a sudden going to make him this elite goal scorer. And so I don't think he deserves to be quite as highly ranked as, as you guys. So I guess what I'm trying to say is – He's he's played one game in a position where he's been told, you know, full license to go forward. You have no you don't have very many responsibilities tracking back and they're going up against the West Brown team where you really don't have to track back. And you don't think there's opportunity here for him to continue, not necessarily scoring goals, but being a part of the offensive mix, which is what you're looking for. I mean, to think that he's going to score three goals and assist on another in every game is foolish. However, you know, if you let's let's take his teammate Jason Punchin for example. Uh, do you think he has a? You don't think he has a better opportunity than Punchin, even though Punchin may be relegated to the wing. I give Punchin a little bit of a advantage because he's taking free kicks, and we've seen that he can be pretty successful on them. So, I I, I do think Punchin is somewhat in a better opportunity. Hmm. And uh, we don't have we don't have Wozinski to defend himself, but hopefully you uh, he'll be on the well, Twitter he, at he, EPL Mosterdamus to yeah. uh, give some input. But he yes, you were saying he did rank Belasi higher than Punchin, so it's not like he 
And he ranked Pelosi sixth. It's not like, or seventh, I guess. Seventh. So I don't think he's pushing him out, but I don't know. I I think because of the, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just late, but I think Punchin is still the higher upside of the two. You will, you will delay your enthusiasm, if you will. I will. Now, however, we go to Glenn Murray. You did not delay your excitement. You were on this train for a while. Uh, you have now ranked him third this week. And uh, what what do you see in Glenn Murray that you know puts him ahead of the likes of the Wayne Rooney's in your eyes? Well, I think it, for, specifically for this week, I think um, I, I just like the matchup better. That uh, I think United are going to try to. Uh, you know, get Robin Van Persie back into the lineup, and I'm not sure how that affects Wayne Rooney. If the two play together up front, that's you know, that's fine. But I'm I'm just there wasn't as much success from Rooney when Van Persie was there, and they're playing mm-hmm. at Stamford Bridge, and I'm that's typically a place that I avoid in my rankings. For yeah, most players. and um, fact, I'm, I'm I'm rather high. I feel like on Rooney for how I usually rank guys playing at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, and you know. Well, we'll get to more about Manchester United later, but, um, you know, that is the big matchup of the weekend that we'll get to in a little bit. But we have Crystal Palace against Tony Pulis. These are both formerly led by, formerly led by Tony Pulis, Crystal Palace. And Pardew has them playing the exact opposite. And now Pulis is now actually letting up goals and scoring some as well. But they're letting up a ton of goals recently. And... Do you think, like I said last week, uh, are they on vacation or are they just not playing well or both? I mean, I'm wondering if the players that he has just doesn't don't fit his system. And if that's the case, then you either have to adjust or you're going to burn, and they're burning right now. So I, it's, I'm not sure there's a worse team for them to be playing right now than Crystal Palace. And so I um, had, had previously been, uh, you know, reducing guys in the rankings if they were playing against West Brom, particularly at home, which um, they're playing at Crystal Palace this week. But uh, they've let up too many goals for me to think that, that there's some sort of um, lockdown defense against Crystal Palace, certainly. So I, I'm not I'm not that I'm staying, not that I'm giving West Brom up, but I don't think they're nearly as strong defensively as I was giving them credit for earlier on. Yeah, I don't think there are two teams trending in more opposite directions than these two right now but uh, we'll move on to Everton (laughs) yeah exactly Uh, (laughs) but uh, we move on to Everton who are at home playing against Burnley uh, who are fighting for their lives in the Premier League now Everton have played really really well since being eliminated from Europa and particularly they've been playing well defensively Um, these are two apparently now defensive teams going up against each other and Romelu Lukaku appears to be returning for this game. Which way do you lean here just in general for, you know, any, is there any kind of offense that's going to be showing up here? Or do you see this being a low scoring affair? I think Burnley knows they need three points uh, for every match they play right now. And so I think that's going to, uh, you know, that obviously opens them up defensively because they, you need to score to get three points. You can't, scoreless draw your way to three so I think they're going to be attacking and I think um, you know I don't I don't really trust the Everton defense enough still to keep you know Danny Ings out and so I liked Ings I like Lukaku because I think 
um, you know, even if Burnley wants to attack all day, they're still going to be susceptible to it. So I do think there are goals in here. The most frustrating thing is the Everton midfield that you just have no idea what's what you're going to get out of it. Um, Chris ranked Ross Barkley dead last in his midfield rankings, and I think he's the only uh, Everton dead midfielder. last meaning fifteenth. Fifteenth, yeah. Excuse me, and I think that was the only. Well, I'm sorry, you ranked Aaron Lennon, and I yes, I, I did. stayed away from the Everton midfield just because I don't. They're they're too inconsistent to think that one of them is going to score. You know, you can go all in on Barkley or probably nobody's taking Morales at this point, but, you know, it'll be, you'll, you'll think it's Lennon and then it'll be Osman, although I think Osman's out now, but it'll be McGady or McCarthy. You know, it's always somebody that is not necessarily the, the guys that you want to bank on. So, you know, I'm, I stay away from the, the Everton midfield. Yeah, I mean, I rank Lennon because, you know, he's had two goals and an assist in his last four appearances, and it's not a terrible fixture list in the run-in for him. You know, they have Burnley. They have a, they, Their two toughest games, I'd say, are home to United and home to Tottenham. Yep. That would be their two toughest games. And then they also have uh, Burnley this week, Villa, Sunderland, and West Ham. That's pretty good uh, if you're th- considering the rest of the season as well. If you want to go – if you want to buy – by long on Aaron Lennon, I think that would actually be a good idea. Uh, I think he can be an appreciating of investment towards the end of the season if, if he's not already owned in the season-long leagues. And I think this is a good matchup at home against Burnley. I mean, Burnley, as you said before, they know they need to get offensive. And if they push forward, there's not very many quicker wingers on a counterattack to expose, you know, like let's say a Kieran Trippier coming forward than Aaron Lennon going the other way. Yep, that's fair. So, I mean, that, that that would be my rationale for ranking Lennon the way that I did. I would rank him ahead of Barkley for sure and yeah. ahead of all the other midfielders for sure. So I think Aaron Lennon is the perfect fit as well for the system in which Roberto Martinez runs. I think he is a guy who likes to, you know, have good movement and then get balls fed into him. And I think that's what the rest of the midfield can do for him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I do like that matchup and I do like Danny Ings as well as you were pointing out because they do need to get forward. And I don't think this, I, th- I don't think this is a goalless on either side affair. I agree. I, yeah, I would say, you know, two, one, maybe one, one, maybe, uh, maybe two, two. I, I, I would still venture, you know, below Two and a half. I still think it's a two goal game, like one one, maybe two one two two. What do you think? And score wise, yeah, I think it'll be two one Everton. I don't think I don't think Burnley has enough to win, but I think they definitely have enough to score. Yeah, I think they have enough to draw one one. I think that would be a fine result for both clubs. Maybe not for Burnley, but for Everton, I think that would be fine. Yep. You know, just continue getting points towards the end of the season, continue their unbeaten run. Uh, but we'll go on to the next game here. Uh, remember, there were only seven, and the winner of last week uh, in terms of the relegation teams must have been Leicester. Leicester won, Burnley lost, Hull lost, everyone else lost, basically. Yep. So uh, Leicester was able to gain three points, and they are still sitting last in the table, but they have pulled closer to QPR and to the rest of the pack. I think they're only so is it one, two, point yeah, one point behind or two points behind. Yeah. But um, – yeah, it, it's it's really interesting to see how the bottom of the table goes just as well as the top of the table. And all these games mean something. And, yes, they are one point behind both QPR and Burnley. And they are three points behind, behind Hull and four points behind Sunderland to get out of the trap door. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting run. You do not – especially teams at the top of the league, they do not want to play these guys. 
right now because they are going to bring the level of fight that you're not going to see from most of the teams you know throughout the season. Now, yeah, you'd, you'd much be, rather you'd much rather play Newcastle than QPR. Well, for many reasons, and we'll get to the reasons why you want to play Newcastle right. when we get to the Sunday games. But uh, just as a reminder, all the, all uh, oh, four of the five Saturday games are at 10 o'clock, and then the Chelsea United game is at 12:30. But uh, Leicester at home against Swansea. Jamie Vardy has been the offensive star for Leicester recently, and Swansea looks like they're going to be without Bafatimbi Gomi and. Leicester at home, I think they get at least one point, and I might say they get three. I think they might pull this one 2-1, you know, or 1-0, something like that. Something low scoring, but I think that, you know, I'm going to go with 2-1. I don't think they can keep Swansea up. I think they're going to show a level of fight to to take it to Swansea. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think they're, defensively, they're just not there to shut, I don't think, really anybody out. So, you know, they've... I believe they've let up the second most, I guess they're tied for second most goals allowed this year um, behind QPR, but they definitely have shown that they can outscore people. And I think it's probably the only way that they can try to get out of the relegation zone. And, you know, it's it's been working recently. We saw it early on when they came back and beat United when they dropped five on them. I mean, United was a much different team back then, but uh, I think Leicester, I think... I think they can definitely get a huge three points this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy, by the way, he's had two goals and two assists over the past three games. So uh, he's really done really well. David Nugent also has two goals and an assist. So in the same time frame. So, I mean, that's two of the three forwards that Lester are featuring along with uh, Uchoa, who was uh, an early season darling for us. But he's he's faded away. But I think Vardy and Nugent, if you're going to go with – any players from Leicester this weekend, those would be the guys I'd go with. Uh, and we'll see if either, any of them get picked in our daily dose later for our Mondo goal game. But uh, we'll go on to the uh, Swansea side here. and uh, They're going to be without Gomio most likely. What are your thoughts on Gilfie Sigurdsson and where has he gone? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I don't know where he is, but it looks like John Joe Shelby is the one who's kind of taken over. And I'm not sure that's a great thing for everybody. I, I'm still waiting for an answer of why um, Shelby got the um, penalty penalty last weekend instead of Sigurdsson because, you know, there was nothing. I didn't even see any sort of like, oh, like Sigurdsson lining up and Shelby taking it from him. It was like Shelby was the one all along, which kind of runs counter to everything that we have seen recently. So um, I think, you know, I ranked uh, Sigurdsson fairly high. Uh, although I'm looking now, Chris went a little higher and you're only two spots back, so maybe it wasn't that high. But uh, I was the only one who ranked Shelby, which I was a little surprised at just because I feel like he's the one who's been playing better recently. But, yeah, if there's a game for Sigurdsson to come out, I feel like it's this one just because I think I think there will be goals in this one. And without Gomis, I feel like it's a prime opportunity for him. But, yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of prime opportunity, uh, we'll go on to Southampton, who are traveling to Stoke this week. Graziano Pelle finally scored a goal. And this smells like, you know, when it rains, it pours. And now going to Stoke, who have, you know, looked pretty thrustless, if you will. Uh, I I would say they're one of the the more limp teams in the Premier League right now. You got to think that there's opportunity for Southampton to break out of this offensive funk they've been in. Yeah, I think it's a, I agree, perfect recipe for it. And what's what's weird to me is I feel like um, 
Ronald Koeman's still kind of playing around with this midfield. Like, he doesn't know who his best players are. And they're only one point behind Liverpool for that European, that Europa League spot. And it, you can't, you could probably convince me that Liverpool wouldn't want that spot, but I'm fully believing that Southampton wants it. So, you know, we've seen James Ward-Prowse in there. He had scored on a penalty um, let, uh, yeah, last weekend. Yeah, last week. Off the bench, which um, is quite interesting. I um, started him in, on my EFSA team because I didn't have any other uh, midfielders, and I was furious about it. And then, of course, he scored, so I was pretty stoked about that, but no pun intended. Yeah. But, yeah I, ah, I see what you did there. But I don't – yeah, I don't see how Stoke – um, wins this one because I, I, like you said, they seem a little toothless now. Maybe Victor Moses isn't kind of all the way back, but um, I don't. Th- I mean, he has um, a hamstring injury. I don't think he's going to be back. Yeah. So I think he'll get the standard two weeks for the hamstring injury. Was so. he not available last week? Uh, he got injured last week. So the the problem I right now the rumors are that you know Stoke may be wavering on whether to put a permanent bid in yeah. for him in the summer for the transfers because of the injuries. Gotcha. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see what we'll see what happens. I but apologize I for that. I'm I'm now looking how Sky Sports is reporting he's uh, done for the season. Yeah, that's there it, you go. It, it's not surprising. I, I thought they were going to give him the standard two weeks, but you know what are they playing for at yeah. this? So he may as well go back to London and train with Chelsea because yep. I'm sure that's what the, I'm sure that's what Chelsea want too to make sure they can get uh, that you know make sure they get their best price for him. For sure, but. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that stuff about as far as summer pricing later on, uh, maybe in a few weeks when we're winding down the regular season. Uh, but we do have the big game of the weekend Saturday, twelve thirty. I know where I'm going to be. I don't know where you're going to be though. But Chelsea <laughs> at Stamford Bridge are taking on Manchester United. Big game for one of the two clubs. I don't think Chelsea are going to view this as a gigantic game. I think they're just going to want to get their, you know, workman like one point and and you know call it one more point closer to the championship. What do you think? I completely agree, but I wonder what happens if United scores kind of early. That I feel like Mourinho would much prefer this to be scoreless draw instead of having to find a goal without Diego Costa and with a slightly banged up Loic Remy. So, um, but I agree. Chelsea has no reason to fight for three points, and United certainly does. I mean, you know, when you get this close to the basically at the top of the table here, you know, it's not really a six point game because Chelsea has such a lead that sure. It's good for United. Yeah. But yeah, Chelsea has a game in hand. They've an eight point lead and a game in hand. So, and that game is against Leicester. So, um, which is a team, by the way, I don't want to play right now. Well, luckily you don't have to play them for another few weeks, but that's true. So actually two, uh, and not even two, is it even two weeks? Next week week is the double week. Oh, okay. So I don't know. We'll see. Uh, We'll see. But yeah, I, I mean, certainly United has the momentum going into the match. Not that Chelsea has, is, you know, down after winning last week, but it was certainly a pretty weak performance at QPR. Yeah, I, Like I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, the offense is reminding me of last year when, you know, if Eden Hazard doesn't do something spectacular, they're not scoring. Yeah, uh, they look un- completely out of ideas going forward. And unless it's like a bad bounce here or a good bounce here or. You know, a brilliant one-on-one move there. They're not scoring. It's it's really rather dull to watch. It, it, it's it's it, it's you know a, a tribute to the old Mourinho style of we're going to try to win every game zero to negative one. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. it's 
know, it's it, it, it. I think right now, pragmat. I mean, the pragmatic approach is probably the best one to take over the next two weeks. To be honest, with United and then Arsenal coming up. Yep. Um, Especially without know, Diego Costa for both of them. Yeah, I mean, right now the magic number is twelve points. Yep. So, and that's including dropping of points by Arsenal. And even if they let's say if they let's say if they draw the next two, that means the magic number goes to nine. Because actually more no. than that, it go it goes Ten, to more than that right. because Arsenal will drop points as well, so it'd be seven, I oh, think. Right? Yeah. Well, it depends. It depends. It depends. Assuming that everyone else wins. Right. Right. So it, it's the pragmatic approach is if you're gonna if you're just focusing on winning the league and not trying to be impressive doing it, that's probably what's gonna happen. Yeah. And with that in mind. I don't think there's a ton of goals here. I think there's one, maybe two. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're absolutely going to try to, you know, I don't want to say park the bus because they're better than that, but, I mean, that's what we say, so. <laughs> I actually wouldn't be surprised if Zuma starts in defensive in, midfield. In midfield, yeah. Yeah, I, I, this might be one of those occasions where you might see, you know, Modic and Zuma mm-hmm. in the middle to counteract Fellaini, yep. wherever he goes. I mean, they're, I, I, did, I guarantee you this. They are not going to want to get beaten at the back post by Marouane Fellaini. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That will, that will irk uh, Mourinho to a point where he might explode. Yep. So, uh, I, I, I mean, even though, you know, I, I may be picking him in daily leagues, but it, it, it's, it's such a hard game to predict because – I don't know if Louis Van Hall is going to try to change up the lineup to try to show something new to Jose Mourinho. I honestly don't know. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, do you see a ton of goals here? Do you see one, two? Yeah, it's two at the most. I feel like, and it'll be if there's two. I think it's a one-one draw. I don't think yeah. United scores two, and I don't think Chelsea scores two. Yeah, I. I think it's going to be a very physical game. Yep. I think, and I think that plays into Chelsea's style. Uh, and we'll just see how United counter it. I, I don't know what they're going to do. It's just what makes it so exciting for me. Is Oscar, I know from, is Oscar done? No, I mean, Oscar is available. It's just... I know, but is he going to play anymore? Uh, probably not in pragmatic games, yeah. if I think yes. I mean, probably not. But I, I think he'll be available to come off the bench if they need a goal. And so if you think that um, if you think Zuma and Matic start in that defensive midfield, do you think Ramirez plays in front of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I absolutely do. Yeah. I think he'll play one of the wings. Oh, okay. Not in the Fabregas role. No. Okay. I, I, no, no, no. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if William plays that role, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, I mean, William will, will get back. Because he tracks back, yeah. William will get back, Ramirez will get back, and then Hazard doesn't have to. Yeah. This is going to be the most boring game of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I mean, these games have a tendency to be low scoring, yep. which I know is not fun for the neutral. Nope. But, you know, when Manchester United and Chelsea play, you know, you could definitely just listen to the crowds and that'll be enough. Yeah. So uh, we'll go on, though, to two teams that are performing pretty badly right now, if I, you know, to be quite honest. And that's Manchester City, who are now in fourth, mm-hmm. believe it or not, and within touching distance of fifth from Liverpool, who are off this week. And they are going to be uh, – Liverpool will be watching this game on Sunday. Uh, Manchester City at the Etihad, uh, who will be furious at the team because they are playing so badly. But they are playing a team that's playing equally poorly, if not worse, in West Ham. 
just and to, who are also facing some injury concerns as well. Yeah, just to interrupt for a quick second, Liverpool will not be watching this one because they'll be playing as well. They just uh, you, you, figuratively speaking, they yeah. will they will they will they will have an eye on the scoreboard for this. I'll tell you that. Yeah, they get to play Christian Benteke at ten o'clock in the FA Cup. But yeah, the I, it sounds like Valencia and Sacco could both be missing, uh, which takes a little bit of the bite out of the attack. <laughs> the problem is that Man City's defense is so bad anyway that it might not even matter. Yeah, you were asking me off the podcast. You know, when would you take Stuart Downing? I mean, Stuart Downing has to be considered as their offensive option now. Yep. But who who is he setting up? Uh, I'm not, I'm not saying as a setup guy. I'm, th- I'm saying as like a false nine. Yeah. I don't know. He's got to be the one who 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 brings them forward. It, it, West Ham are totally coasting, totally coasting, and that could be a problem. Like I said, like I said last I week, I was going to say, I believe Crystal you... Palace catch them, and they are the best team in London that doesn't have a lot of money. Big Sam's gonna lose his job. Yeah. So we'll see. Oh, well, I mean, for for me, just because I think it'd be interesting if Man City loses, because I'd like to see them compete with Liverpool for the fourth spot. I hope that happens, uh, but you know, we'll, you know, all these games are they, they a lot of these games still have importance. Not all of them, but a lot of them do. And this is one of them where I'm going to be watching on Sunday, not because I'm going to be actively rooting against Man City, but just because I think it's going to be really interesting if they lose. Yeah. But uh, we'll go on to the final game of the weekend. The seventh. There's only seven games, so uh, Newcastle are at home against Spurs. Newcastle is lucky that they are playing this stretch now and not any earlier in the season where they could have been, you know, threatening to go down and further down the table. For, for sure. Um, the, the season's going to end at just the right time for Newcastle. They're safe, but they look terrible. Yeah, they I mean, really they, had, they had moments of they had moments against Liverpool, but throughout the entire game, Liverpool last week could have run them over. Yeah, I had this uh, Twitter conversation with a few it ended up being a few different people but I was I had Daniel Sturridge in my DraftKings lineup and I had him as a forward because there was no indication that he wouldn't play and it came out uh, when the lineups came out so an hour before kickoff that he was not going to play he wasn't even going to be in the 18-man squad because he picked up a knock the previous weekend against Blackburn in the FA Cup. And I don't know how that goes unnoticed or unreported for an entire week that all of a sudden he doesn't play. And there was talk that they were kind of holding him out in order for him to be ready for this next FA Cup match because they won that one, so they'll play um, Villa. Villa on Sunday. But... So the problem that I had was is that, so they took Sturridge out, so I needed a replacement forward because I had him at, at a forward and not a flex. And Liverpool didn't start a forward. They started Sterling up top. So I couldn't just do a, you know, Loic Remy in for Drogba, I mean, in for Costa switch. I had to basically choose AOZ Perez or... Uh, Yoan Gufran, you know, like basically I had to depend on a Newcastle forward. And Perez came the closest to scoring, but he didn't. And so I ended up losing that matchup because I 
I needed some points out of Sturridge, and I got none. Yeah, and for me, you know, the injury reporting in soccer, it's – I mean, the media in soccer, I feel like they'd rather talk about their own opinions than actually reporting what actually happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's just a personal problem that I have with it. But in this case, you know, for fantasy purposes, it you know, some injury coverage would have been very well appreciated. That's for <laughs> sure. And in general, and in general, it's tough to get a good gauge on how injured somebody is. For example, Dio Cosa, ever. <laughs> like, like, how injured is he? I don't know. It's like playing the match game. Yeah, and and it's kind of the same with with lineups. You never really know who the eleven are going to be, um, and. There, there are some very good injury guys out there. I'll give big props to Ben Dinnery because he seems to be all over the place with his injuries. But, but like that, like if there's no reporting on it, then it's not going to come out. And, you know, they, they don't open practice much, but they do do sort of training pictures. This happened earlier in the year when Raheem Sterling was like magically not at a game, and then it turned out he was still in Jamaica for his vacation. It's like, how do you not... How do you go? Maybe there's just no training, uh, you know, access for press, and and I get that, I guess. Like, I no, there's the, the, you should, uh, at least this this is what the difference is between American sports, I fe- I guess, and European sports is American sports wouldn't stand for that. They'd have required media access. Well, and it's a way it's a way to connect the players to the fans, and that the fans are the ones who are really paying their salaries. Yeah, I mean, we we certainly see the complete opposite with football. That you know, other than Belichick, I feel like injury reports are very specific, and it gives you an idea if a guy is going to play. And I've always yeah, you're not a Jets fan by any chance, are you? Uh, yeah, I've always <laughs> um, I've always kind of looked at soccer coverage the same as football in terms, you know, it's one game a week. And um, I, I feel like there are a lot of similarities in the game, but this media, this lack of media access to practice training, excuse me, is, is the biggest difference. And I, I almost feel like they, they must not be at, at the facility. You know, I, I'm not a beat writer myself, so I, I don't know specifically for, in terms of covering these clubs, but it seems as simple as, hey, Sturridge did not show up for practice this week. Or ever. He wasn't right. <laughs> have, where is that? And, and that's, that's ultimately the biggest frustration that I have in, in covering soccer is that, you know, I, I obviously live a few thousand miles away, so I can't just show up at these training grounds to find out if, if Daniel Sturridge's Lamborghini showed up. But, you know, you, that's... That's why our lineups page is so important because you got to know who's yes, playing. Yes, indeed it is, and that, that is also on RotoWire.com/soccer. And Ben Dinnery, uh, he is at Ben Dinnery, B-E-N-D-I-N-N-E-R-Y. Yeah. Good follow for injury news. I follow him. You follow him. Everyone should follow him. So free plug for Dinnery. Thank you so much for all your stuff, all the stuff you do for us. And we shall go on here. Now, we have done all of the games. Oh, sorry. We should actually get some fantasy analysis done for Newcastle Spurs, I think. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Newcastle, like I said, have looked absolutely awful. They look, they look like the worst team in the Premier League without Colacini, without um, without Poppy Cisse. And now Musa Sissoko is going to be suspended for this game because of what should have been a straight red card on his second yellow. That's uh, His second yellow was... It should have been a red. I, I mean, how, how Lucas didn't get severely injured on that play. He went over the top, stud straight into the tibia area, and 
that was that looked painful. I, w- I wasn't watching the match, but I was I had Twitter open and all every, it was like 25 straight tweets that just said Sissoko second yellow sent off should have been straight red or like would have been a straight red if he hadn't had the yellow already. You know, like all of these Which, like clearly should have been red. And Musa Sissoko was captaining the team. Sure was. He didn't, he didn't even wait for the referee to give him the second no, yellow. No, he didn't. As soon as he, as soon as he performed that tackle, he just walked off the pitch like, I'm done, guys. Yep. I'm going to go home. Yep. And in fact, you know what? I'm going to stay home next week too while I'm at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it – was, it was – I've never seen an individual in a team sport just quit. Yep. He was just uh, – he just flicked the switch to off and he was done. Yeah. I've never seen that before. And the teammates were nowhere near him. They didn't try to defend him. They didn't try to huddle around him. They're like, no, get out. You know, hey, give us the armband. Now get out. Yep. It was it was it was just fascinating. Now, with that in mind, Newcastle are at home, which may be a good or a bad thing. I don't know. I don't know how that crowd's going to react to that team anymore. Uh, but Spurs are coming in. Uh, Harry Kane's been in a little bit of a funk. Three straight blanks. Uh, do you like Harry Kane? Sends up to nine straights. Yep, Christian Eric. Yep, yep. Uh, so Christian Eriksen as well is not doing very well now. With that in mind, is Newcastle the medicine that they need? Their chicken noodle soup? They certainly should be, but I I'm struggling to put much faith in Tottenham, mostly because and I'll I'll admit more than I want to as trying to be someone who's a uh, unbiased observer, but. I've I've been waiting for the Harry Kane magic to kind of rub off, and it just kept kept going. And now I'm starting to wonder if maybe I don't know if it's that teams have figured him out, but they they could be tired. Yep, yeah, that's true, that's true. But they almost lost to Leicester. Then they basically almost drew to Leicester. Kane missed that penalty, but got the rebound for the winner. And they haven't scored since. I mean, it's only two goals, but they they were blanked by Burnley and they were blanked by Aston Villa. So I'm not sure why we should be overly confident that they can go in and and smash Newcastle, especially because I feel like they could be looking ahead because their two after that are at Southampton and then home against Man City, both teams that theoretically are fighting for top four spots. So either they're looking ahead to the, yeah. their big matches or they're saying we need this one because we might not get the next two. Yeah. I mean, they're three points behind Liverpool for Europa. So, I mean, I think that's more realistic than the seven behind that they are for Man City. Yep. So uh, if well, they want to yeah. play in Europe next year, yeah, they gotta, they gotta play. They gotta play well. Yeah. So I mean, I think, I think this is going to be, you know, three, four, maybe one. I think there's going to be a ton of goals in this game. Okay. And I, and I'm hoping that Erickson and Harry Kane are well, maybe not Harry Kane, but definitely I think Christian Erickson. It's time that the slump's been for too long. He's got to score or get an assist on one of on one of these set pieces they're going to get. Yeah, that's that's. It's been so long that I'm, I'm not all the way out on him. I ranked him 15th out of 15 this week, but I, I don't. Yeah, I, I believed I went seven. Yep, and Chris went four. He went or three. Four. Excuse me. Yeah, so it's. I, I struggle to give a top five or even clearly a top 10 ranking based off of matchup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is what it, this is. Yep. It's a definitely a matchup play. It's a streaming play. If you will, if you want to use a baseball term, that's now so in vogue. There you go. 
All right, and uh, with that in mind, we will go to our Mondo Goal Daily Dose, our daily game of the week uh, on Mondo Goal this week. It's been a while since we've been back to this site. They have a new Chelsea theme, which I'm very much enjoying because Chelsea now is an official sponsor, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, but I will start with my back four. Uh, Michelle Vorm is my goaltender oh. because he is 5.6 oh. million out of 100. He's cheap. <laughs> He's cheap, and there's just not enough points variance in the goaltender position if they do really well versus somewhat well you know giving up one goal or maybe two it's just not enough of a difference for me i mean they're not going to score the 20 points that i can use you know towards a forward in this game format so i save the money on goaltender just because there's not enough variance so i'm kind of punting goaltender but still playing a good matchup so i understand you don't like it uh, but he's very inexpensive and he's going to play. And if he doesn't play, I'll just put in uh, Hugo Lloris, uh, who is, I'm just going to look up the price really fast, is 4.9, so even less expensive. So yeah. I didn't have money to play with if Lloris plays. Yeah. So, you know, definitely that's what my thinking is there. And my three defenders are Ryan Bertrand at 7.7, Aaron Cresswell at 7.3, and I'm spending some money here on Pablo Zabaleta Ooh. at 8.4. That's interesting. Um, I also had Bertrand and Cresswell. My def- my goalie, I went with Kelvin Davis, just because, as we were saying, I just don't have a lot of faith in the Stoke attack, particularly without... Yeah, who is Davis. the Stoke attack? Right, exactly. <laughs> Unless, um, actually, that'd be a pretty good band name, I call it. <laughs> Having a Stoke attack. And I went with the 7.8 million Jeffrey Schloop, who I'm hoping gets involved in the Leicester attack when they score... Yeah, he, he, he played up. He played up as a winger last week. Yeah, it's weird how you just don't see a lot of attacking um, defenders like this. So, <laughs> uh, well, in, on that note, there hasn't been, except for the one run Ivanovic went on, there hasn't been a really offensive standout defender at all this year. Yeah, that's true. Hey, Leighton Baines has been Tri- timid. It's been Trippier and DraftKings. Because well, Trippier because of his crossing, crosses, yeah. but not because of his goal scoring yeah. or assisting. Yeah. It's just, I mean, Daryl Yonmont is a silent killer. Yeah, I mean, literally as silent as you can be. <laughs> I actually Half had people don't. Go I, ahead. I had Yonmont in my lineup. He's the same price as Cresswell, and neither of them have good matchups. But I went with Cresswell just because he's taking free kicks. I mean, maybe Yonmont does for. Newcastle. No, that would be Remy Cabello territory. Right. So I kind of viewed them equally and I went with Cresswell because of the free kicks. But yep. yeah, you're right though. There's not there hasn't been any Another reason not to spend on this position. It's Maybe, just yeah. it's just not a it's not there's not there aren't large outbursts that you can predict. You're gonna try to predict a clean sheet, which in the Premier League this year has been a terrible game to yeah, play. It really hasn't. So uh it's it's just not a fun game to play, so that's why I stay away from it. But let's get to your four midfielders. Yep, I went with the double um, Crystal Palace, Wilfried Zaha, and Jason Punchin. And I was very close to adding Bolasi as well. And I still might, to be honest. Um, I ended up going with Fellaini, who the more we talked about it, the less I liked. So I, I might actually go with three Palace midfielders. 
which how can, I mean, how can you not like the way that they're playing? It's uh, I, I mean, I've been a broken record about Crystal Palace for almost a month now. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to do that. So <laughs> that's, you know, it, that's done now. So I've got Zaha, Punchin and Balassi all playing against a Tony Pulis uh, defense. And I've uh, coupled them with uh, David Silva at 14-4. And you'll find out why I had extra money there briefly. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I, 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 I have struggled to spend the money in this, in, in this, uh, this game this year, uh, this week. There are a lot of very good players that are not playing. I mean, if you, if you look, we're, we're missing, you know, Giroud, Sanchez, Ramsey, Ozil, Cazorla, Sterling. You could theoretically take Sturridge if he was hurt, if he was healthy. Uh, Coutinho. Um, trying to think of who else. Who's the uh, third? Uh, Aston Villa QPR. So no Benteke, no Charlie Austin, no yeah. Matt Phillips. I mean, there are, there are a lot of very popular fantasy options that are not there this week. Yeah, it's... I mean, I have, I'm going to say, I have 4.1% of my budget still remaining. So I have tons of flexibility. So I can take out Vorm if I want to. Yeah, you should do that. I mean, <laughs> but I just want, I, I really did want to mention the Vorm pricing, uh, at least going yeah. into it. I mean, the, the Tottenham goalkeepers well are very pricing. expensive. Yeah, yeah, I, I bet you say, I bet you think that. Now, I also have Balassi and Punch, and I did not go for Zaha. I'll, I'll just, preface it, Zaha's been horrible lately. Not right. not as horrible as you think. Actually, Punchin's been worse. Yeah. Recently. Well, Punchin had the goal that helped him. He had that free kick goal that cumulatively yeah. moved him ahead a little bit. Okay. But, I mean, Jason Punchin and Wilfred Zaha have combined. You know, Jason Punchin has the one goal, and Zaha has three. I think he has one goal and two assists. Maybe. Yeah. That's and, good. and you know, in the last you know eleven goals, I think that's what they have. As far as the portioning between it, I mean, like I was saying before, Velasi has has been responsible for seven of the eleven, either assisting or scoring. Punchin with one, and Zaha with three. Mm-hmm. You know, that's their contribution to the last eleven goals. So, if you want to pick one of them that's been the worst, it's been Punchin. But I do have Velasi and Punchin. I just think Punchin's too good to keep down for too long yeah. in that system. Now, with that in mind. Uh, so Belasi was 10-4, Punchin was 7-9. I also took Christian Eriksen, who I think is going to break out of that slump at 9.7. And Gilfie Sigurdsson, same concept, at 10.9. Uh, the matchups are good, and the talent's there, the opportunity's there. So I figure, why not? <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, and there's so much money left over, I may change it. I'm not sure. I don't have enough money to go all the way up to the Eden Hazard range, which is over 20. Yeah. So I, I can't. I can't spend that much, but we'll see what happens as it gets closer to the lineups when we, we change our stuff. Now, my three forwards here, I have Loic Remy, who I believe will come back from his injury uh, at 10.5. If there's going to be a goal, it's going to be scored by Chelsea, and why not take a Chelsea forward if I'm a Chelsea fan? Now, 10.5 for him. I have Glenn Murray at 10.2 from Crystal Palace, and Graziano Pele at Whoa. the Barton basement price of 7.3. Wow. Well done. Uh, I also had Murray at ten two. I would probably pay twelve million for him. I think. I think I would pay the same. Uh, yeah, I would. It's pay Wayne that. Rooney pricing. Uh, I also have Wayne Rooney. Oh. Because I think of... if United score, he's going to score it. It seems yep. like the big game that he would come up big in. Although I said that last weekend about the the uh, derby, and he only had an assist. But 
Oh, we were so close, by the way, with our prediction. We thought that they, we thought that City would score early, but we thought it was going to be James Milner with That's that right. sneaky early goal. Right. Just happened to be Aguero. I think you probably said Milner. I don't think I would have got I, the I said I said Milner, but you said if they're going to score, it's yeah. going to be really early, and yep. that, that's what happened. With our powers combined, we were almost correct. <laughs> nice. So I have Murray, Rooney, and then I spent 7.2 on Jamie Vardy. Very similar concept. I, I, I see a very similar I concept. I have two Leicester guys in my team and four from Crystal Palace. Yeah, four, by the way, I believe is the max allowed from one team. It is. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that, if, um, there is no other note to end this podcast on than Crystal Palace is the team to buy on right now. You're all in. I'm three quarters in, even though I'm all in on my writing. Uh, but on that note, we will end this Crystal Palace sponsored portion <laughs> of the fantasy Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For Andrew, I'm Mike. Enjoy the beautiful weather if you have any. Go outside, play some soccer, and join us next week for we game week 34 edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thanks so much. For more great content, go to rotowire.com slash soccer. It's all free and it's all for you. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.